0: presentation is one thing but really the meetup it doesn't really kind of set in until you have some dialogue and conversation about it because um, I think that's where when you have questions or because you know we all have some questions and and, and comments and concerns and and sometimes you have a light bulb moment sometimes you just have a question just kind of clear up whatever whatever you may see might be the fault for whatever reason. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll we'll still stick to that format. Um, like I said, the progression of the class. Um, yesterday we talked about God's original intent um, and as it relates to the man, and today we're going to delve a little bit more into uh, why that is the case. Um, another element of, it, I guess I should say, um, tomorrow we we. Kind of doing an about face so to speak where we take the, the uh, focus off of us and start to put it on our purpose and that's how and we'll progress and when we get into purpose then the, the have understanding of the role of the man or the male in the family it, it will make more sense because if i if i started the class trying to unveil that and you don't have the understanding of the who you are, and and why you are, and the purpose for which you was created, then it will say that that role sounds okay. But how do I get there? You know. So the progression is, is 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 we're progressing into that dynamic. So by Thursday, Thursday tomorrow's message is is probably, I would say,
1: will probably the the.
0: The one the, the
1: it'll be kind of like the one-eight. You'll you understand what I'm talking about when I get into
0: what I call the Jacob City. Um, so that so that more <coughs> sense uh, tomorrow. But tonight um, we're going to talk about the uh, relationship between next, now, and then. Now this particular uh, message, it, um, it it has this. It has this this uh, it has this greatest impact if we're transparent and honest enough to to really um, within ourselves. It'll have this impact when you have to be self assess who you are as it relates to uh, the presentation. Okay, so my um. My uh, I mentioned John five seven, but but really I want to talk about um, the, the the backdrop of what I want to talk about is this relationship between Saul and David. Now I don't know if y'all know anything about the relationship between Saul and David. Um, so I'm gonna preface the message. I mean I'm gonna give you an overview of that relationship, and then we'll and, and so it, it'll help make the presentations. Make more sense. So, um, first Samuel, um, uh, uh, Saul was was the uh, Saul was this this guy. He was he was the son of this guy named Kish, and Saul's name means a It means what is it? It's like a a, a symbol, you know, because they didn't know what he was. But Saul was uh, the Kish was a short, stout man. And his father uh, was a shortstop man. Saul was like six foot seven, and he was just strapping. He was like he was like the Kareem Abdul Jabbar of his village. He was a Benjamite. and he was a he was he didn't look like anybody in his family. You know, even at his birthday, he called him you know what is it? you know a and but he was just he was this guy. He stood head and shoulders above everyone else, and Saul was he was a humble man he was a very humble man um matter of fact uh samuel sam this because Samuel's right in the middle of this entire this entire relationship between david and saul um samuel was the prophet um you hear the story about hannah hannah prayed and and she had a she had a son and she said "Lord, oh, you miss her. i'll give back to you this was samuel's and Samuel lived in the temple. Well, Samuel became, after Eli died and his sons died and they took the a covenant. So Samuel was in the house in the, in the temple. He was living in the temple at this time. And so as Samuel grew older, um, Saul's father one day had, his asses had left and ran off. And he sent Saul to go find the asses. You know, and you know, it's just he, he had the next, the first king of Israel was out chasing asses. This is what he had him doing. And uh, while he was out, he had a servant with him. And uh, God told Samuel, he said, about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send a guy by you and and I want you to set apart he's going I'm making the first king of Israel. Now, the reason that was so significant, significant is because in the book of Judges, um, the Bible talks about Israel cried out for a king like other nations, because other nations was getting kings, and they were still being ruled by judges, and they said, give us a king like other nations, and then when you begin around judges, I think it's around 17, the Bible begins to talk about there was no king in Israel, and every man did that, which was right in his own eyes, that's a danger all by itself, um, so they cried out for a king, and, and uh, God brought, God sent them Saul, so Saul was out chasing the asses, and, and Saul said, well, let's tell the servants, well, let's just go back said, before my father stops worrying about the asses and starts worrying about us. And the servants said, well, hold on, wait a minute. He said, there's a, there's a man of God in town. You know, um, let's go see him and inquire to him, like, where are the asses? And um, he said, okay, no problem. The next day they go to the house where, Sam, where Saul, where Samuel was. And uh once he comes in, Samuel knows exactly who he is, but God tells him who Saul is. He said, This, you know, this is the one that you're going to anoint king. And they sit down at the table, and he puts Saul in the chief seat at the table where, where, where they call the head. And um, and after they have dinner and, and, and in the midst of among all the people, he he anoints Saul king of Israel. Now Saul was a humble man. Like I said, he was a very humble man. He had a he had a very humble beginning, um, and I can't stress that enough because he Saul, Saul was the guy. He he, he Samuel told me, said you you'll know. He said you'll know that 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 God is is uh, you'll know that that the it's the word of the Lord because he said you when you as you as you go you will see. A band of prophets, and he said, "When you see the band of prophets, um, you'll be numbered with the prophets." And so Saul was going. He saw prophets, and, and after as the prophets began to prophesy, Saul began to prophesy with the prophets. And so the people saw all of this happen. And uh, later on, when they went to 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 uh, anoint him king, Saul was so humble he went and hid. The Bible says he hid behind the stuff. Because he didn't, he didn't want the attention. He didn't want to be king. He didn't, he didn't want the fame. He Saul was so humble, he didn't, he didn't want the position. He didn't even want it. And he started out, he started out strong. He started out strong. He started out a, 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 a godly man. He started out a humble man. And anytime you humble, God can use you for anything. You know, and he because your 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 strength is in your humility. Your strength is always in your humility. When you get arrogant and puffed up, God can't do nothing with you because you think you can run in your own strength, and and you don't need God. You got this figured out already, you know. And but Saul, Saul was not that guy, you know. But a little something happened along the way. Um, <laughs> Saul. Started hearing the praises of the people. And you gotta be careful when people start praising. You know, because if you're not careful, you can start believing what they say. Absolutely. That's, I, you know I, and let me just interject you. That's why I I'm not a big LeBron fan, but I give him the utmost respect because being on a cover of magazine at 17, I would have blown myself up <laughs> right now. I would have made a hot mess in my life, but for this guy to maintain his his integrity all the way through, man, it's just I I I can't even do anything but give him the most respect, man, because he didn't he didn't raise he wasn't raised in the house with a father, but he did have father figures that 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 he that had his ear, and they they were feeding him the right thing, and so for this guy to make it to this level without scandal, without Drama without a bunch of foolishness. Man, I, I, If even if the guy get on your nerves when he flip, flopping and rolling around on the floor in the middle of the game, he might get on your nerves. But when it comes to being a man, this guy, I, I, the guy is just, you just I mean, I mean, it's one thing for friends to praise you, but this guy was on the cover of the magazine. And then he just say a hummer on top of that. You know, so so it was just so but Saul. Saul began to listen to the praises of the people, and, and Saul began to change, and he began to change, and, and uh, there was this time, well, let me tell you this time when he was so humble, uh, he called, he called, they went out, they were going out to battle, they started losing the battle. This is when he was humble, and uh, they started losing the battle, and Saul pulled, pulled the army back, and he says, uh, he said, we're going to go on the fast, I don't nobody will eat. He so don't feed the cat, the dog, the Nobody, nobody. Nobody moved our face before the Lord because he was the Lord how to fight the battle. His son, Jonathan, was running through the woods and he had a sword and the sword got a little honey on it. And Jonathan just licked the honey off the sword. And no big deal, right? But when they went back out to battle, they started losing the battle. And Saul said, wait a minute. Let's cast lots to find out who disobeyed God. And the lot will cat or draw straw, should I say, it was the same thing. And the, the guess who got the shortest straw? His son Jonathan. And Saul was getting ready to kill Jonathan for disobeying his order. And causing men to lose their lives. But the people, their people rescued Jonathan, so Saul couldn't kill him. So this is when he was in his, in his humble state, but then he. And he started. winning, he won a couple of battles, and the people started praising him, and he began to believe. It. And then Samuel told him the one time uh, they were going to go out to battle, and Samuel said, um, he says, "Well, don't offer the sacrifice till I get this." Saul offers the sacrifice, and he says, he says, "I told you You can't offer the sacrifice, man. You're not a the priest." Then he said, "Well, you know, the people, the people is getting restless. So, you know, it, you take it too long, man. You're supposed to be here already." You know, and so God let that slide. A couple other things he did, but then God gave him he said, Go down to the to uh Amalekite. He could utterly destroyed everything. Killed the women, the children, the cat, the dog, everything. Killed everything. He said, Destroy everything. He goes down there and he done nothing to kill He saved the best stuff and he even left the king alive and then he comes and Samuel comes and he says, You know, still man, you didn't do God. He said, "I did do what God said." He said, "The people, the people." And he said, "Man, you disobeyed God." He says, "He said, let me go inquire to the Lord what, what, what to do with. And 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 Saul was so Eric he said, "Go, go inquire. I obey God. <laughs> Bro, go, go and talk to him. You talk to God; he'll tell you. I obey." That was his attitude. And uh, then Saul Samuel comes back in the room and he hears. And he says, I think he saved the king. If you saved the king, the king came out. He said, Yeah, I saved the king alive. The king comes out. He says, Samuel, he said, You saved the king? Yeah. Samuel pulls out a sword. The Bible says he chopped it to pieces. Excuse me. He nodded to He saw grabbed his garment and ripped it. He said, Just like you ripped my garment, God ripped your kingdom from me. And God rejected him from being king because he got so. Puffed up and lifted up and his arrogance. Now, after this, um there's this guy on the backside of the desert. His ten sheep. His guy, this guy named David. Now, this is, he down and saw Samuel is, is praying that God would forgive Saul and put him back and restore him as king. And God told Samuel, he says, He says, Stop crying about who I rejected. He said, fill your horn and go down to the house of Jesse. I got one of his sons with the king. And you would think that David, being the youngest of, of, of the family, you know, he'd have some friends, right? No. he get down to, to, to uh, Jesse's house, and seven of Jesse's sons passed by, and, and Samuel would almost doing the wrong guy. God kept saying, that's not him. That's not, and after he all passed, Samuel was befuddled. He said... Don't you have any more other sons? Mm-hmm. He said, well, I got this little scrummy guy. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know he's, he's a little one of the bunch. I mean, you know, he, he's a little nobody and nothing a zero. Mm-hmm. He said, man, bring him in here. He comes in looking ruddy and smelling like cheap dung and, and clothes all, you know, he's a hot mess. And God said, that's the next king, mm-hmm. you know, and that's in the that's why the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, God looks at the heart. That's why you can't judge somebody and think that they're right based on what you see. And they jumping all over the church and they're doing all this and that. You can't judge that and say, oh, they real spiritual. You don't know. You don't know. You know, because the same people that are jumping around the church and cuss you out. Soon they get down to the church, chicken. I mean to the KOC. <laughs> give, give them a wing and they want the a leg and see what they do. <laughs> so they holy, most holy sanctified self. You know? And so you gotta be careful with that. So you can't, you can't look, you know, you know, so you can't just, just be looking and saying, you know, that that's the case. So so David, David gets anointed king in front of all his brothers. And um as time goes on, the Bible says the evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. He having these headaches. And they said, Well, do you know a musician? And the people in the palace said, here's a guy out of Jesse's house that plays the harp, and this guy is gifted. He said, go get him. Guess who ends up in the palace? David comes in with the harp. And he comes in the palace playing the harp. And when Saul was having these migraine headaches, let me back up. Let me back up. I, I, can't, I, I can't leapfrog over this guy, this situation with Goliath. Because when Goliath was taunting the armies of Israel, um, David was supposed to be going down there just to take his brother's lunch. His dad told him to take your brother some lunch down he on the battlefield. And fighting. David just comes in and he hears the taunting. And he like, what's going on with this situation? And then they begin to tell him about, you know, I'm a champion. This guy has been a warrior since a youth, man. This guy's standing like eight hey, oh, feet tall. This guy's is he's covered in armor, man. It's like, and he says, send me a man to fight with me. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But he says, send me a man to fight with me. And then If I win, y'all serve the Philistines. If he wins, we'll serve Israel. And so, everyone was scared to go. And when David began to ask the question, is there not cause? He said, what's going to happen to the guy that kills him? And he said, well, you know, he's going to live tax-free. He's going to get the king's daughter. He's going to live in the palace. You know, and so David goes to Saul and says, hey, I'll fight (laughs) you <laughs> know, no, no. he's like, man, nah, you can't, you're just a kid, man. He said, let me, up. So, so since I need to show you my resume, let me show you my resume. I was tending the sheep, a lion took the sheep, and no, he said, a bear took the sheep. I wrestled the bear, I, I best wrestled the sheep out the bear's mouth and got him back. A lion took the sheep. I wrestled the sheep out the lion's mouth and got him back. He said, "I would have let him live, but he came after me, so I killed him." <coughs> now I was going. Now he, this, now you just a little boy, right when he's not uh, He's right around sixteen. He said, "I would have let him live." lion, but he came after me. Like, what you thought I was going to do? And I gave you a pass, you know. And it, and it was almost like, like, look, Mister Lion, don't let the smooth take fool you. You know, I am letting you live. I, you you didn't have you didn't have the power you thought you had. So he went in and killed him. And then Saul said, "Okay, well, take my army, but I can't use that. It's, it's you know, I can't prove that it, it's just you no know, good." He said, "It's well, who I can't use." That. He said, "Let me let me go with what I use. Let me use my tools." Mm-hmm. And David never fought in his own strength. He fought in the name of the Lord. So when he came after Goliath, Goliath was almost offended, like. You're kidding, right? That's a smooth-taste He comes out with a slingshot. The funny thing is, is when Goliath starts running at David, David starts running at, at Goliath. But when David was so accurate, I mean, if, if you really start reading about the men of Benjamin, the Bible talks about they were ambidextrous because they could hurl a, 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 a stone in a spirit within a hair with either hand. These guys was, I mean these these were David's men. David trained them all. These guys was, they were they were they was these guys were stone cold killers, man. Stone cold killers. And David dropped a pebble. I mean, so the helmet only had a peak right here that was open. David shot that pebble right in his forehead. And he was covered in armor. And the only spot he could have hit him in, he dropped it. He didn't kill it, he dropped it. Then he took his own sword. Cut his head off with his own sword. I didn't even go down that road. So David ends up and came in a Saul's army, and what Saul did, what what happens is he come back from the battle, and the women start. This is this is what changed the dynamic between Saul and David. Is when when David marries his daughter. Well, let me back up. When they came back from the battle, um, the, lady, the the, the men start dancing, talking about Saul has killed his thousand. And then he said, David has killed his 10,000. And Saul got mad at David because he's like, wait a minute. They described to him 10,000? 10, 10 times what I did? And I'm the king? And he went in this whole act. So he like, I gotta kill David now. You know, because David was next on the throne. So now I'm where I want to be as far as so. I, so so I got so with this presentation I gotta I gotta do this presentation. So to make this this uh this make sense, I'm gonna need three people. Come on nephew, you stand. Come on, I just need two more guys. Hey, y'all two switch. Switch your papers to Okay. So, side down just a little bit. So, you're in see it. I So, So here's the situation David is next to be on the throne Saul is the guy that's on the throne no matter where you are in life at some point you are next you are now you're then. At some stage in your life you are all three. There has to be a relationship between next, now, and then. It is crucial that there is a relationship between next, now, and then. Now <laughs> This is next. This is David. He's next to be on the throne. Next is the guy that's, he's innocent, he's pliable, he's energetic, he's got youth on his side, but he's also immature. And next, only vision of where he wants to go is now. That's all he knows. So next knows that he's eventually going to be now. And next is looking at now as a model or blueprint to what he'll be. Because he's next. And he knows he's going to be next. And he don't have to fight, argue, and he don't have to Go see a psychic a, a, a advisor or a spiritual witch or whatever, anything. He knows that he's next. He already knows. He learned this at a young age that this you are going to be next. Now, here's Saul. Saul is now. Saul was anointed king. Saul became king. Saul got it going on. He's the now. Saul is the guy. Now you got your degree. You ain't a kid no more. You're a grown man now. You got, you got all the tools that you need to be king. You got a good wife. You got kids. You got, every, you got a good job. You got everything under your auspice now. But the problem with Now, because he has accomplished a few things, now, now, you can't tell him nothing. Because he's now. And he's looking around like, I'm the man now. I got it going on. And excuse me, next, I don't care what you think, I'm now. This is my show, this is my time, this is my spotlight, and I'm now, I'm running everything. I got a good job, got a good education, got more degrees than a thermometer. You can't tell me nothing. I got it going on. I'm doing my thing. What they say now? I'm doing me. I got a good wife, got me a nice house in the suburbs. Man, I got I got good kids. Man, my son's excelling in academically, in sports. I'm the guy. I'm the enemy of the entire living world. Anything you want to know, just ask me. I know it all. I do a little real estate. I do a little business. I do a little commerce. I got me some investments here and there. Got some money in the bank. Got some money in my pocket. My girls look good. My kids look good. My car is, is mapped out. What you want? We travel. We see the world. This is now. Because now I got it going on. But now it's just a facade. Because now never had a train mm-hmm. to be a man. Mm. Because nothing prepares you for now, except then. Except who? Then. I mean now. Next. Mm-hmm. The problem is, now has coped himself in all his accomplishments because he don't want you to know. They ain't grown, man. He's just a scary little boy. Because he don't know what he's doing. And every day, he's scared of what's going on and what tomorrow's going to bring. And he has to talk loud, and he has to be showing, and he has to be flashed and dashed, because he don't want nobody to see the cheeks in his arm. He don't want nobody to see the fear. He don't want nobody to see that every day, he feel like I'm going to mess this thing up. I'm one step away from moving it all. And he lives his life on the edge. And we sit in the room, and we smile. And nobody knows, none of the wiser. Because inside, we're a bunch of scared little boys. We're scared to death, because we know we're living on the edge, and all the stuff that we have cannot mass that, and it won't change that. And we find ourselves in this facade for so long that we start to believe the lies that we tell ourselves. The problem is, is that if you tell a lie long enough, you start to it. And it's not to somebody come along and look behind your mask and you go, ah, oh, I've been found out. Because inside, he's absolutely miserable. And you know why he's miserable? He never figured out who he is. And so he got all this stuff because the people Keep praising him for the stuff he keeps getting. So it's like a kid in class that's doing bad. It does. It's not about the behavior. It's about the attention. And so you keep getting attention because you keep getting the stuff. So you just get more stuff to get more attention. But at some point, that midlife crisis they call it, because now you've been so miserable you get to that second transition. The first one is that puberty. But that second transition is is much more dangerous Because now, you're no longer next. And you're on your way to then. And the problem is, you look at then, and I don't want to be then. So now, in order for me to continue to be now, make sure next don't come in. (laughs) So what now does, he begins to fight with next. Here's the problem with David and Saul. Saul began to fight with David. And he thinks that if I kill David, I can stay now. Saul don't understand that the transitions of life it's going to take place. Doesn't matter what you want. Life is going to happen. If you was in high school, after 12th grade, they don't want you to come back. Unless I teach you. So you can <laughs> say, man, I, I want to do some stuff, overnight we're not here, going high, go to class. Let me tell you because you going to need it. Because when you get when you do that, when you get to now, you're going to need it for <laughs> So, now Saul fights with David constantly. And he's always fighting with who's next because he thinks that if he can get rid of next, he can remain now. Here's the problem, the real problem with now. The real problem with now it's that he looks at next and sees who he used to be. He looks at next and he sees his youth, his innocence, and he sees his strength. He sees his humility. And he's not fighting next because next is a bad guy. He's fighting next because he hates what he has become. Because every time he looks at next, it reminds him of who he used to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to stop and figure out to yourself, how did I be here? How did I get this far away? Why am I doing this? I wasn't created to do this. How did I get to this place? This is now. And if next, just the wrong spirit. But who's now? Then next, when he becomes now, he just begins to undo everything that now (laughs) did. Not because it was wrong; it's because he got the wrong spirit about now. Donald Trump. I don't (laughs) say that. That was it. I'm not going to argue with you either. <laughs> 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 I'm just not going to say it, but. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> to your point, we see that next gets this rebellious spirit and begins to undo everything that now did. Mm-hmm. This is the problem with the modern church. The modern church, when, when they were next, the traditional church that was in place would not allow them to be who they were and still serve God. Instead, they fought with them, and fought with them, and fought with them. and now that they've become now, now anything is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Not because it's right. It's because they didn't accept it so we're going to accept it. It's not even about serving God. It's not even about spiritual things. It's not about salvation. It's simply about we take on anybody who wants to come because they wouldn't. And if you hear a lot of this rhetoric that's going on now, it's always a constant talk about we're not like the old church and the stars, teachers, and, and protocols and the vision, and you have to do this, you have to do that. It's all founded on fighting who's now. But next will become now, no matter how you slice it. Now, what's the problem with now is now is afraid of becoming then because now hasn't done anything to become then. And so now thinks that if I stay in the spotlight, I'll forever be now. Life doesn't work that way. If when next gets the wrong spirit, next Will reject everything that now did when he becomes then, And it becomes a perpetual cycle. Now don't want to become then because then becomes the look starts to look uh, useless, unnecessary, forgotten, obsolete. And there's no greater fear than for someone to feel like they are obsolete. It's like the guy that's still riding around with an 8-track player in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, at some point, it's gonna come back. come back. That's right. Absolute. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with now. Is that now has not set up anything. Because now, when now was now, then couldn't tell it nothing. Because then tell look, man, save your money. I know you got money for spending your money. Look, Doc, quit buying all this silly stuff, man. Lay up some investment. Put your money in the bank. Buy you some CDs or get you a couple Roth IRAs, man. Invest your money. You can 401k, man. Put this money away. Put a, put a college plan together for your kids, man. You understand? When you get to this point, you're gonna wish you did that. And now was telling next? When you get to this point, you're gonna wish you did it then. Tell now anything. Because when he was next, he got the wrong spirit. And now he's now, he still got a bad spirit. And can't nobody tell him nothing. But guess what? If you don't transition from that, you will get pushed off the stage. Because you're not going to stop life from happening. You're not going to stop it. And if there's no relationship between next, now and then, it's going to be an individual and I'm an individual and I'm an individual. And at some point in the twilight of your life, you're going to get this revelation. Maybe I should start talking to somebody. Maybe I should start pouring into somebody. Maybe I should tell somebody what I know. Maybe I should begin to invest. and in, Maybe I should begin to learn to be fruitful. Now, you know, maybe I should start pouring good seed into people. You know, just perhaps. Because you don't want to get to the twilight of your life to have this revelation. Because if you were to now, opportunity. Now is the time to listen to them when he's say, look, man, slow your road, got a little money, get it. Let me help you hop, let me help you save and invest this money, put spending it, put buying all this, this uh this uh junk. You know, quit put over consuming. Uh quit, get rid of the gold rim off the Cadillac, man. Stop that. <laughs> that stuff is meaningless, man. Because we see it all the time. Gotta make a little money, get a little, get a little position, a little title, and you just out. They give you more money, you spend more money. They give you more money, you spend more money. And then they boast about how much they stuff costs. And 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 the wise man is looking at him and like, you don't even need this. Just jump, man. Like, what you, you keep buying this stuff? Like, I got a big house, but I need a bigger house because they gave me more money. So I got to buy. This is the rule, right? You know, if i live in if I live in Solon and my house is only three fifty, if I make more money, I got to move. I got to move out to Gates Mills, where it's a half million, because that's the level I'm on. When the people in Gates Mills, half of them. They got the house, but trust me, they got more money in the back than the house got. That's not their, that's not their future. While you're struggling trying to keep up with the Joneses, they don't even exist. You're chasing the wind. So then, wants the council now, hey, that's why you got your strength. Why <laughs> <laughs> you have your strength. Now the time. Put together the nest egg. Now it's time to start working on your retirement plan. It seems like it's way in the distance. It's not, man. It's not. Because you will blink. And hey, you'll be sitting there going, retirement party? <laughs> yeah. You know? And you no, know, and you know what they do? Especially when you don't want to not just you do want to retire, but when you don't want to retire, man, they will applaud you. And they would like to say, man, dance you right off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this shit, shoot you right off the stage. Go up position makers. And, and, then, and you know what they'll do to you? <coughs> they understand the importance between next and now. Yes. So what they'll do is make you train your success. <laughs> and when they think he's ready to take on your position, dance you right off. <laughs> they dance you right off the stage. <coughs> and they're willing to let him make his mistakes. Rather than keep you in the position that you want, because mm-hmm. you make too much money. Why? I mean, let's. I mean, as a businessman, I can hire a grown man that's got a family, and I got to pay him twenty five bucks an hour to do a job, or I can hire a college student, pay him twelve bucks, and don't have a family, and he'll work fourteen hours a day. The, business, the, the grown man, he's like, man, I got to go home. I got kids, wife, stuff, and I'm paying him more money. He's working less hours. From a business perspective, it doesn't make good business sense. To keep it in. I know honestly, it doesn't make good business sense. And it's never personal because I've seen some of the sharpest people get danced right off the stage. Because at the end of the day, the people that's making the decisions is looking at a at a at an And like, how how people reduce this overhead. <laughs> you know, like when we got a guy paying, paying this, like 10 that, and we got another guy that's same qualifications. Are we paying a, a percentage of that? Man, like, come on. And this guy's single, guy single with no family, so we're paying less benefits to him. This guy has got white kids stuff, you know, and we're paying more benefits to him. As a businessman, does that make the business sense? I can reduce my, my overhead cost by 60% in one move and not lose my quality. Or have a just a, a, just a little blip in the radar? Temporary. Yeah, please. At least for a few years. <laughs> right? It's, they, the thing is, the risk is worth the reward. Let's make this switch. Let's make this switch. And that's, that's what the world understands that this relationship has to happen. And in the business world, this relationship happens. But in our communities, Because we look at next and we complain about the stuff that they do doing and the stuff they keep doing. And they say, when well, we say when well, we was coming up, you know, we had this and we did that. But you don't know. Next thing we're open, generation. But you see the holes in next. And rather than fill the holes in next, you talk about it. And just like the church, when he becomes now, he ain't going to shove you off stage. he's going to kick you off stage (laughs) because you fought with him. And you see his behavior, but you don't understand that he's functioning with the tools that he has. Because here's the thing, when you get to like 18, you're going to get a set of keys to life. He got keys. Go to mm-hmm. now, it knows what the keys go to? But if he don't, mm-hmm. thank you. If you don't tell him that he's got to figure it out for himself, and he don't want to hear nothing you have to say because now can talk to the next and say, Look, man, let me show you what that key for well, that, that key is for a good marriage, that key is for a good family, but that key is for keeping you safe, and that key is for abandoning your house, that key is for this. <coughs> And now knows what the keys are for, but guess what about them? Yeah, so now got some keys that only Ben know what they're for, because Ben can say, "Son, let me show you. That's the key to investments. That's the key to savings. That's the key to retirement. That's that's the key. That's the key with, that helps you travel all year long. That's the key to keep you from 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 foreclosing on your house, man." And and, and so Ben has keys. That that now doesn't know about, and now has keys that next doesn't know about, and if there's no relationship between them, everybody's left to figure it out. Everybody left to figure it out, and this is our this is the problem that that we have with with next. If we look at next and say that's terrible. and show me what ain't terrible. Hey, give me some tools. Don't assume I'm gonna fight with you. Don't assume that. Because I'm doing what I see done. All I see is this. What do you expect me to do? I got a woman, and she loves me, and she nurtures me, but when her nurturing if you're not careful, her nurture will become neutering. And she will give him. He'll never earn. Because all he sees is men coming in out her house. All he sees is women. What do you think? If next comes acting like a girl, why do you think he's not because he just sat up in the bed and said, I think one day it will be a girl? <laughs> because a lot of it becomes what he sees. And then when you get men around who have some proclivities that we don't want to talk about too often. They see next as prey. Mm-hmm. And then we look at next and we wag our finger. Shame on you. Shame on you. But who in the world? It's gonna tell yes. son, come in. We talk to you. Mm-hmm. I won't do that. That don't look don't good. So put the gun down. Do that stuff. Quit hanging with this crowd. It don't mean no good. Because some of these guys, no matter how much you pour into they let them, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Okay, I get it. That doesn't excuse us not pouring into who's next. Because if we don't, the way society is going, they will never become that. Mm-hmm. Forget about this. Forget about that. Because between next and them, sometimes they'll die in the middle. And guess, and guess what, their kids gonna do? Same thing. You know why? It's Thank no. you. No. Far as they can go. Unless somebody, he had this by a, a man that sees something in it and pulls it to the side. and says, me help me And the man begins to pour the qualities of a man in it. And begin to show him what it means to be a man. And then he, he, he comes off the nipple of his mother and he begins to stand on his own two feet. And he's no longer being uh, nurtured and being guarded. Now he can stand up. And now a man is teaching him how to become a man. And here's the thing about us is I don't need the next generation to follow in my footsteps. I need you to stand on my shoulders. Because if you follow in my footsteps, you're going to make the same mistakes I made. But I made it this far. You another generation. You should be able to get propelled further. So I can't, don't follow in my footsteps. Don't do what I do. Stand on my shoulders so you can see further in the distance. Because guess what? I'm standing on somebody's shoulders. Because there's somebody that took the hit for me. There's somebody that, that risked their life for me. And there's somebody that allowed me to stand on their shoulders so I can see in the distance. And it's, it's robbery. It's criminal. If we don't allow next to stand on our shoulders, so when he becomes now, he goes, now I can see. Now I know what you're talking about because he can't see it from here. He only sees it when he stands on our shoulders. Because he's gonna keep, because he's gonna make his own mistakes. He'll even make mine too. Make his own. See, we only here because we had somebody that allowed us to stand on his shoulders. Because we didn't come this far by ourselves. Somebody allowed us to stand on them so we can see. And then we, when we were able to see, we have to pull somebody from our same generation up and say, man, you need to see what I see. We need to talk, man, because you know what you're doing is not healthy. What you're doing is it's going to cause you a divorce. What you're doing is going gonna, to gonna, gonna lose your house, your wife, your kids, everything, Doc. So we, I'm going to help you as much as I can, because I can't talk about you and criticize you and run you down, because I know what you're going through. But I'm trying to help you because you need to see what I see, so we can go up together. You know, the, you know they, people say it's lonely at the top. Well, I want to bring everybody I can, because I'm lonely. Because I'm going to the top. <laughs> you know, but I want to be there by myself. So you want to pull whoever and everyone that you can, because this is not this is not a, a magic pill or magic bullet. This is not some secret potion that's come, that we're talking about. This is real life. And life is going to happen, whether you want to or not. It's coming. It's coming fast. And if, if midlife crisis don't eat you up, because when most men get to midlife crisis, they'll take out the garbage and keep going. yeah these mm-hmm. I mean, the midlife crisis, they'll, they'll trade in your minivan for a sports car and have six kids. <laughs> I mean, they will they'll go get, a, they'll go get a, 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 a girlfriend half their age. Not because they're chasing their, her you. They're chasing near you. That's why you see that. Because now the reality is I want to be happy. And I'm not happy. And I've been playing this role. And now I can't do no it. And we can sit in a room full of people and laugh and talk. And somebody can be contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. And we never know it. And as soon as we get to do it, we'll say, oh, and I thought, I, I they thought, seems so cold. Just, you know. don't to make that assumption. If you got something to say, that's why we talked yesterday about, about affirmation, and and, and, and helping people and talking positive to people, not just being haphazard with your words because you don't know what people are dealing with. And sometimes they only think, and everything looks perfect in their life until until and that's that's the call you don't want to get and so it's imperative if, if not is going to ever become the man that he needs to be he has to have a relationship with next and he has to have a relationship with him because if he doesn't he's going to be a man on the island and he's going to get to them and look back and say I wish I knew been what I know know now. (laughs) And that becomes, and that's the importance of having a relationship between next, now, and then.